Welcome back. This is a special edition of Modern Business, where our guest host, Zach Fishman, brings us millennials in franchising. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. This is Millennial Monthly on Modern Business. Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you all for hopping on here once again. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody, uh, to you and your families, of course. Uh, Really happy to be bringing you some more awesome content in 2021. Uh, thank you all for thank you all for listening to us in 2020. I know that it was a uh, quite a tough year, so uh, really happy to uh, be bringing some type of joy to your day, even if the podcast were being listened to in your home and not in your car or in your office. Um, it's kind of a night. It's kind of an interesting thing here because I am actually back recording in the room where I where I recorded most of my podcasts uh, in 2020 during quarantine. I am back coming to you live from Mr. Jake Fishman's bedroom here. Uh, at his desk uh, for a really awesome episode, uh, the very the, the very first episode of 2021 for Millennial Monthly. Uh, really excited to have on this uh, next guest of mine. Uh, he is a friend of the podcast, uh, so really happy that we could finally get him on after uh, what feels like a year of me chasing him down. Uh, he's a busy man. Uh, so he's leading a pretty pretty awesome fast growing company. So excited for you guys to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, before we get into it, though, I do want to, um, of course, highlight that IFA is going to be coming up uh, February 10th to 25th. Uh, please reach out to anybody on the IFA team or go to franchise.org to learn a little bit more about that conference. There's going to be some really great speakers that are going to be on there this year. Of course, it is going to be virtual, but you do get two and a half times the fun because it is going to be uh, over two weeks long. Uh, so certainly check that out if you have not uh, had a chance to do so yet. There's going to be uh, some really awesome uh, guests that we've had here on Modern Business that Ryan and I have interviewed uh, that will be speaking. Uh, so you can definitely count uh, on on Ryan and myself going uh, being there, and we hope to see you all there too. Uh, in addition to that, of course, uh, we still do in what feels like um, many many months. It has in, it has been about nine months of of uh, franchise switchboard uh, on franchisors.com. So please go and check that out. Uh, if you are looking for somebody to uh, fill a position within your organization, or if you are looking to, uh, of course, um, post a job on there as well, uh, please go and do so. Uh, please reach out to uh, please reach out to Tony uh, and Lane over at the Fisher Zucker team if you're looking uh, to know how to do that effectively. All right, everybody. Well, uh, really excited to have uh, our next guest on to this episode for our very first Millennial Monthly uh, of 2021. Uh, I have the president of uh, Kitchen Solvers. I have Zach Nolte on the line with us. Zach, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Zach. Uh, appreciate being here, and I'm kind of looking forward to being the first one of the year. Absolutely, me too. And I and, and I and I will <laughs> first say, folks, uh, for those who are going to be seeing, um, Zach actually spells his name the wrong way, of course, but we won't judge him for it too much. Uh, really, yeah. really, uh, we, we argue about this often. Uh, of course we're doing that, uh, without drinks this time, but you know, I'm really happy to have you on Zach. And I know that we've, uh, been looking forward to doing this for a little while. Um, what I want to start with, uh, I, I know that of course you've been a part of the brand for a little while, but you were in fact, not the founder. The brand has been around for a long time. So talk a bit about the founding story, if you wouldn't mind just framing up the conversation. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, yeah, and I've been with the company for <clears throat> just over six years and uh, obviously not the the founder. It's a 38 year old brand. Um, I kind of like to think of us as a, a reemerging brand. Um, and so, uh, 1982 is when Gerald and uh, Betty uh, Baldner uh, actually started the company, and they were kind of the ones that kind of pioneered this whole idea of of refacing. And refacing would be 
taking the existing doors and drawer fronts off your cabinetry, uh, taking a very thin wood product and kind of gluing that to your face frames of the cabinetry and then putting brand new doors on, on that cabinetry as well. So you're getting the same look and feel of your cabinets, but um, or same functionality, but you're getting a whole new look and feel. And so uh, that's kind of where Kitchen Solvers was kind of started. And that's what kind of built them up into, I guess, the early 2000s is when they really started, became, uh, started becoming kind of that new cabinet manufacturer, a uh, uh, new, new installer uh, that uh, we are today. And so through, to the, uh, through the mid 2000s, um, you know, we kept growing those types of product lines. Um, and I would say by 2010, uh, we kind of became that total solutions provider for all of your, your kitchen needs. And so, and at that time too, uh, there was new ownership that took over, um, and uh, Tom and, and Wade were the ones that, that bought the company in 2010. And uh, when they bought the company, they what, what we kind of realized at that point was that Kitchen Solvers was really built on the backs of that that person that loved wood, uh, loved uh, cabinetry, um, and was kind of the installer, the salesperson, the marketing. They were kind of the do-it-all-yourself type of guy. Um, and, and what was tough about that is that it was, it was really hard for people to sell those businesses uh, because they were the business at that point. And so we quickly identified with uh, our more entrepreneurial test background, how to run businesses that we need to, to figure out a way uh, to, to make this model scalable and then also make it a model that we could have something to sell at the end of it or whatever that goal is for that, that franchise partner owner. Um, we wanted to figure out a way of how we can actually sell that business for them at some point. And so throughout the uh, 2010 uh, to, to now um, and, and through my tenure here, um, we've been really focuses, uh, focusing on, you know, employee engagement, you know, how, how to find the right people, how to build processes and procedures to, to really make these businesses uh, actual businesses. And so uh, that's been kind of the bulk of the, of the, the last decade. And uh, and now even with uh, the the industry size where we're headed, you know, we're we're more than a, more excited than ever to to see where this thing goes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I certainly am too. And it seems like the the brand has been on quite a ride uh, since the beginning of it, and has been around for a long time. And you know, I, I think that my ultimate question is is that you know this is not something that everybody wakes up every day wanting to do. Um, but I but I think I am kind of curious as to how you really got um, intimately involved in and how you ultimately became, you know, the, the leader of the brand as you are today. Yeah. Right. Like I, I got into this business without any background in franchising, uh, no background in kitchen remodeling, uh, not really even kind of looking at this industry at all. Um, and so I guess the, the sub backstory of this is that we our home office is in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is kind of small town America compared to a lot of uh, big cities and metros out there. And uh, so we all kind of know each other and, and, and through a couple of different um, uh, people that I know, um, they kind of found out that I was looking for a, a new job. And, and at the time I was looking for a, uh, a manufacturing company um, and, that, and it was a great company to work for. Uh, I loved it. I loved the product lines. I was selling and, and basically manufacturing um, archery products. So it was right up my hobby lane. And so what not to like about it, you know, um, but it just wasn't, kind of fulfilling what I was thinking that I wanted to after college. And so uh, through a couple of different connections and, and, and knowing some people in this small area, 
um, the, the general manager at the time reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come on. And he knew that my background was more or less in manufacturing, understanding processes and procedures, uh, getting into uh, lean manufacturing and Six Sigma. Um, and he knew that, that that background could translate into more the operational side of, of kitchens, uh, which is then trying to streamline the, the operational side of, of how kitchens get installed. And so the big bulk of my first part of this job was, was to really understand the remodeling process and try to figure out ways that we can make it more efficient, ways that we can put more money back into the, the, uh, the uh, business owner's pocket to make them more efficient, more profitable, uh, and to make our customers happier. So I spent the, the first couple of years as the um, more the operations manager, uh, streamlining technology, uh, the processes, uh, and really helping out in that that way. Yeah, so, and I think yeah, I was and I was going to say one thing. I will say too is that you know you're 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 a young guy as well. So I think that it's a testament to what you've done that you've gotten to all the way up to leading a franchise organization so quickly. I just wanted to say that so folks were aware that uh you, you know young people can can do that too occasionally. Uh, but go ahead, Zach, keep going. Right, right. I mean, I I jumped into kitchen sellers when I was 26, and then uh, shortly, it's probably two years after I started. Uh, the general manager at the time he he left and went to a different franchise company, um, and so enough being also a very small office at the time, probably four people. Um, in in me being in the position that I was, I was kind of interviewing for my next boss. <laughs> so. It was a, kind of an awkward uh, uh, point, but it was also a great experience. I got to meet a lot of really cool people. And um, and so I interviewed and actually then uh, myself and the, the two owners hired a, a the next president of the company. Uh, he lasted about a year um, with the company. And at that point, I had gained enough confidence. I had gained enough attraction with our current franchise partner group uh, to basically say, I'm like, hey, give me a stab at this thing. Like, let, let me take the reins. And, and see if there's something that that I can do to to really you know uh, take this thing to the next level. And um, at that point, what the the biggest differentiator for me was is that I already had gained the confidence in all of our franchise partners to to kind of lead the company, and I was getting a little bit of push from them to to ask for it as well. And so that was a that was a huge confidence build, uh, builder. And uh, and with my age and at that time, so being 28 years old. Uh, that number 28 to me was was probably my my biggest uh, uh, hurdle for me to kind of overcome that that I am 28 years old uh, running a, a company like this um, and uh, and so when I turned 30 I think that's where the age thing didn't really t- matter too much for me but mm-hmm. it was always one of those things that that I, I was always in the back of my mind um, but you know I I think I was able to really kind of overcome that just because of the feedback I was getting from our franchise partners. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I, I I love the story of that you were just like you know what I I can do it, and they were like you know okay, well we'll see how it goes. And obviously and obviously you're still you're you're still alive and kicking, and obviously the brand is doing incredibly well, uh, even despite what's been going on in the world. So and we'll and we'll dive into that now. I think it's a it's a good um, segue here. I know that your industry has obviously had a lot of activity. It's been a relatively hot industry this year. Uh, due to multiple fa- due to multiple reasons, really, I think that people were so um, were so sick of looking at the same kitchen so many times uh, over the course of the pandemic that whenever they finally had the opportunity to redo it, they were going to do it uh, more so than normal. Um, you know, even when money was a little bit tighter, which was an interesting behavior. And I think that secondly, 
uh, there's been a little bit of M&A in the space this year, too. And so I think that there's signals that people are really interested in what, you know, what you guys are doing. And I think that that's been based off of a lot of the franchise sales deals that you guys have been doing this year and, and all those other facets I just mentioned. Why do you feel that, you know, your brand is you know, different than all of the others that are operating uh, in your space today? Yeah, and I mean, it goes without saying, but, you know, I, I feel so fortunate to be in this industry. Um, and, it, you know, I, I feel for everybody else out there that uh, is being kind of burdened by all these different uh, government regulations and, and things that they can't do, you know. Uh, but we just haven't been able to or we haven't had to shut down. Uh, we've been deemed somewhat essential, uh, especially being in the, the home remodeling sector. And so a lot of our franchise partners have been able to to stay open throughout this entire year. And and like you said too, it, I mean, people are sitting in their homes, uh, looking at their kitchens, uh, understanding how, you know, little they used to use them and now they're starting to use them more. So you have the extra wear and tear. Uh, you have the um, people, you have people that are now taking more and more courses online to become better cooks. So they want to spend more time in their kitchen. There's, there's multiple factors for, you know, why people are there in their kitchen more often. And they're starting to realize that, hey, this is a space I spend a lot of time in. Um, and then now they're not spending time, you know, on the vacations or traveling or going out to eat. So they're, again, saving that money uh, to uh, eventually put back into their kitchen. So there, there's a lot of really cool things that, that, that are pulled out of, you know, what happened this last year and, and, and the ways that we're going. So uh, a lot of excitement built around there. Yeah, certainly. And I and I think that, you know, you touched on a couple of things there as it relates to the the industry changing a bit during COVID, but I think that overall you guys were still able to overcome quite a bit and there was still a lot of demand for it. You know, overall as you see it, you know, where do you see the industry going in terms of demand, you know, as we begin to go back to normal, hopefully, a little bit in the next couple of months. I know that me, you and I being young, healthy guys, I think that we may be at the back of the line, unfortunately. But for uh, for most people, <laughs> I believe, as it relates to the vaccine, you know, why do you guys, why do you really believe that the, that the industry you guys are in is worth investing in just based off of what's, you know, on the horizon? Yeah, there was uh, some interesting uh, numbers that came out from the kitchen and bath industry um, in that, you know, this was like a $145 billion industry. Um, and we were expected to grow by like 5% um, coming into 2020. And um, through COVID, that number obviously changed drastically over the first two quarters. And it was it was pretty, there were pretty meek outlook and, uh, and a pretty significant drop uh, uh, projection. And um, th- I think second quarter numbers came out and we were actually closer than what we thought uh, across the whole. And I think in the third quarter, then we were um, ahead by 1.1%. And in the fourth quarter numbers are still to be determined. But, you know, just from that standpoint alone, that the industry was 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 kind of bracing for impact, just like everybody else was. And um, we, we actually, and as an industry as a whole, we came out showing some some decent growth. And so from from that point alone and also people, you know, being kind of furloughed and also, you know, their jobs ending and, and whatever else, they're they're looking at industries that, that are seem to be safer uh and, and and kind of more deemed, I guess I don't I don't like using the word, but more essential. And so with the with the industry that we're in, I think people are just kind of noticing it. Um and also coupled with a lot of those DIYers that are out there that like to, to mm-hmm. kind of take on their home home renovations themselves. Uh, they're they're buying houses, they're flipping houses, 
and they're kind of figuring out, hey, what is a, what is a business that I could buy that could also complement that uh, and also help me help me grow my, my house flipping business? And so kitchens is just a natural uh, segue um, because of the fact that every home that's being remodeled is getting a new kitchen. And so we're seeing a lot of people come through the pipeline that have just a, like a general passion for uh, home renovation, maybe, and you don't have to be a, a, a general contractor. You don't have to have an extensive background, but just some industry knowledge and a passion for homes and flipping homes and, and kind of being in the, uh, one of the, I guess, arguably the best space in the house. Uh, and if, if that is there in coupled with the industry, that's kind of where we're seeing a lot of people really speak, uh, kind of spark a lot of interest. Uh, and they're coming through the pipeline for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that based off of what I'm hearing, at least. I mean, number one, I do agree that it is the best space in the house. But I think that number two, <laughs> I think that you're I think that you're completely correct that you know those numbers certainly do show uh, that the industry is worth looking into, and that there are many people that you know will be able to supplement or I guess hedge their bets as it relates to other things that they're involved in, like if they own a bunch of real estate or if they're flipping a bunch of houses or whatever it may be, uh, I think you're incre- I think you're correct that that's definitely a great route to go. And that certainly has, that certainly has, you know, contributed to the growth that you guys have had this year from a franchise development perspective. And I know that you guys uh, do, do some work with our friends, at, with our friends at Friend Devco. And I think that based mm-hmm. off of, you know, what I see, you know, you guys have certainly, um, there's, there's a lot of different uh, LinkedIn announcements for new, for, for, for new deals being signed for Kitchen Solvers, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, based off of what I'm seeing, you know, how did you guys have to change your franchise development process? And what were some of the, you know, the value props that you were giving um, as it relates to COVID that made it, you know, that made it an attractive offering? And, you know, where do you think that you guys will continue to change your process you know, for the better, were you guys doing virtual discovery days? What what did you guys have to change because of this year? Franchise development for kitchen solvers, and, and it's, it's probably, actually, I, I know it's probably has a lot to do with my inexperience in the franchise world and, and not really having uh, at, the, at, the, at our home office, not a lot of franchise experience as well. But it, it, man, it took us a long time to figure out that whole franchise development piece. So we tried it in-house. We tried a couple of different uh, uh, third parties. Um, and so coming into 2020, uh, this was our fir- this was going to be our first full year with a, a brand new group uh, to help us sell franchises. And so we were not only hit with like a brand new group, a whole new sales process uh, that we had to develop basically from scratch and, and revamp, um, but then also then try to figure out a way to, to deal with COVID and, and those impacts as well. And uh, so, you know, it's hard for me to actually put my finger on, you know, how did we change for, for COVID just because everything was changed for us. And we started noticing mm-hmm. that um, the, the type of candidate that was coming to us, um, you know, was either potentially losing their job and or, you know, was taking a, a good look, hard look at their job and was going back to, again, what I was talking about earlier about what their initial passions were in life. So whether it was that home remodeling or their grandpa owned a woodworking shop or whatever it is, something clicked with them that we were kind of able to touch on and kind of focus on throughout our entire sales process. So the biggest thing for us was was really hitting home from a, a culture standpoint and knowing who Kitchen Solvers is, who we are at the home office and what our franchise base really thrives off of. And to be able to tell that story in a really authentic way 
um, that is authentic to our home office, but also to, to brand Devco. And so that passion showed throughout that entire sales process. We, I mean, I could, it's cliche, but we weren't selling, you know, we were, we were just kind of showcasing kitchen solvers and what type of opportunity we were and are, and, uh, and then the industry was able to kind of, to back us up. And so, and there, I mean, there's a lot of things that we do individually that differentiate us from other home service brands and, and all that type of stuff. But it's that passion, that culture that really drove home that message to a lot of our new franchise partners. Those are the types of things that put people over the edge. And, and speaking of that, I know that you certainly have a history in this. So I'm excited to ask you this next question because I know that there's a lot to discuss. I know that you guys are looking to expand into different, um, you know, consumer groups and things like that using this uh, using this mechanism or I guess this approach, so to speak. But typically, home services is not um, exactly um, technology driven. But I think that you guys have certainly made efforts to ensure that that is not the case for kitchen solvers. So. I do want to talk a bit about how your brand uses technology to gain an edge and some of the tools that the franchisees have at their disposal to make them more efficient. Maybe there's something proprietary you guys have, but I know that that was really, you know, part of, part of your, part of your gig for a long time. And I know that's something that you have a passion for. So would love to dive into that. Yeah. I mean, being a millennial and, and uh, the majority of our owners are, are, are not millennials. Um, and so me, me pushing new technology on them, they all kind of just roll their eyes, but uh, they're all very willing to kind of go down this path with me because they, they've seen the, the power of what technology can do. And so, um, you know, and this is probably for the last four or five years, um, we've put a, a hard emphasis on being able to quote faster for our customers um, and, and building a technology that allows us to go into the home um, and come up with a quote on that first appointment, if not within the next couple of days, if it's a larger project. And, and for anybody listening to this, this podcast, uh, you know, and, and, and has had a, a home remodeling project done, you know how frustrating it is that just people just don't get back to you. And so if we can eliminate that whole process and, and walk into a home and say, you know, this is what it's going to cost. And, and that, that saves so much time, so much back and forth and so much uncertainty uh, within the within that customer um, and salesperson uh, world, and so we we tend to focus quite a bit on that, and we're constantly enhancing that process to make sure it's smoother, more accurate, uh, and that the the franchise partners are are just as profitable. And so um, you know, and there's there's a, a ton of other pre- uh, uh, technology from uh, our design software um, and different types of capabilities, uh, our design visualizers that that are on our websites. Um, and then also the, the tools that our, our franchise partners use to communicate with, with our uh, uh, homeowners. And so streamlining that so that it's, it's, a lot of it is automated. Um, we have a, a great, fantastic CRM system. We're always looking for different ways to, to kind of enhance that as well. And so anytime we can incorporate some piece of technology to make that process smoother and, and more seamless, you know, we're right there. Um, and unfortunately, the industry that we're in seems to be pretty far behind the, the rest of the uh, rest of the world and the rest of the industries that are out there. So anything we do, uh, we, we can look really, really, really good. Yeah, I certainly agree. I think that there, uh, there, there's much that the franchise space still has, uh, still has to learn. And of course, this year really forced people to use technology a little bit quicker uh, than they may mm-hmm. have uh, felt um, comfortable with. But I think at the end of the day, in the long run, it really will a help. And luckily, I know that that was an agenda that you were pushing long before the world 
um, kind of lit on fire proverbially, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a, certainly a good thing. And, you know, speaking of that, I'm sure that there are a lot of uh, really exciting things that you guys have on the horizon for 2021. Uh, so I just want to finish out the interview with that and just to talk about any uh, uh, awesome goals that you guys have for this year or initiatives that you have going uh, for a year that we hope will allow us to achieve a little bit more of them than they than we were last year. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always something to kind of look forward to. Um, you know, something that's kind of always in the back of my mind is 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 this next millennial group that is now, you know, buying homes at a at a at an awesome rate, um, and even through COVID, they're they're making those investments. And so we're going to start seeing kind of a a transition, um, and it could take you know a year, or it could take five, or maybe ten years to really transition and and have that new millennial uh, age group kind of be a target market for us. But it, in understanding how that consumer buys and, and what they're looking for and what they're looking for in a, in a, a, a sales group or kitchen solvers, you know, that, that's kind of what we're, we're paying attention to and, and making sure that we have the pieces in place. Um, you know, right now, our, our, our biggest demographic are still baby boomers and the, the Gen X. And so we, we know that demographic very well. And a lot of what they want is, is really built on that trust with, with the company that they're working with. And so we spend a lot of time in their homes building that relationship, that no like, and trust, uh, and really focusing on that, what we call also the pleasure model experience. But as we're dealing with millennials, they, they want to be able to kind of uh, get on our website, tinker maybe with a, uh, a design visualizer, play with the colors and, you know, play with the different visualizers and, and seeing like, hey, if I'd switch out this door style, how's that going to make my kitchen look? You know, and so they're doing a ton of homework. Uh, before they even reach out, and there's things like uh, home uh, sorry house.com is mm. kind of changed that whole process about you know the, the customer educating themselves, and they're coming more and more educated to us with already door styles and, and colors and all that type of stuff already picked out. So how do we yeah. adapt our our sales process to make sure that you know we're catering to them and we're also not uh, uh, we're also not you know kind of stepping on their toes. And so we have a lot of like uh, different new, new, new types of technologies and, and different types of things that we're working on uh, to make sure that we're really hitting home to that new buying group and make sure that when they're ready to, to come through the pipeline that, that uh, we'll be able to handle the, their styles and all their different changes. So I would say that that's probably one of the biggest things that's in the back of our minds. No, I was going to say, if anybody can handle the fickleness of our generation, I think it's probably you guys. But I mean, hey, I mean, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out, but go ahead, keep going. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, a lot of the different door styles and, and the different looks that we're getting from uh, that consumer, it, it's very, very modern and contemporary. Uh, so us being up in the Midwest, you know, we might not see so many styles, but it's there. It's on, it's on both of the coasts. And, and a lot of those millennials are buying those types of styles. And the cool thing about it is we, we already have a lot of that stuff to kind of handle them. So we're, we're excited to kind of see something other than a, uh, a white shaker door come through our, our gallery photos. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the Midwest is not famous for its style all the time, of course. So I think that, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, I think that certainly we will be finding it in other places, but, but, but Hey, Zach, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I think that this was really interesting for me just to dive a little bit more into what you guys are doing and some of the, some of the great technology that you guys have in place. It's certainly not, um, normal uh for a home service brand like you like you guys are so really looking forward to seeing where you take the brand and in, in the coming years and, and and ryan and i of course appreciate you know 
appreciate your friendship and we're really looking forward to hopefully seeing you in person very soon when all of this all dies down. Yes. Awesome. It's uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, getting back together with everybody. I think it was the, uh, the unconference that, that we first met each other and um, you know, those connections that we build over, over these times are, are some of the most important things you can do as, as, uh, as, as new kind of the new group coming through this whole uh, franchise world. And uh, I look forward to, to keep building those connections with everybody else. Absolutely. Well, we certainly do too. And uh, it's, it's, it's weird. Now you can't get rid of us, huh? Nobody can really get rid of us. We're just all over everybody's newsfeed, but, uh, but we appreciate the time, man. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to hopefully seeing you soon. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Awesome. Well, folks, thank you guys so much for, thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, if you guys would like to listen to more episodes like this, please go to modern business without the E anywhere that you listen to podcasts and click subscribe. And uh, you will now be stuck. You now will be stuck with us and we'll be getting pinged every single time a new episode comes out. So thank you all for thank you all for joining once again and looking forward to hopefully seeing all of you in person soon. Cheers.